All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Heskin Cast Podcast, episode 69. And my new friend, Jessica Einhaus, is my guest today. Very excited to have her on the show. I met her at uh, Phoenix Fan Fusion this past, what was it, May or June, somewhere in there, late May, early June. And uh, she was one of the models at Summer Helene's panel. And, uh, you know, she just had to stand there for a long time in very uncomfortable looking shoes and uh, be the gore side of the blood and guts and sex and violence and film panel that Summer does. And uh, I just can't even imagine having to do that. And uh, kudos to anyone who can do that kind of work, because it is certainly not for me. I don't really think anybody wants to see me in a bikini anyway. I know I don't. And I'm around me all the time. So before I get to our show, a little bit of updates as to where we're at here at uh, Scott Haskin Music LLC. Uh, The Haunted Holidays 3 album is finished, uploaded to the distributor, waiting for release on October 18th. That is the day that it will drop to iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, Google Play. Uh, I don't even know all where else. But it will be available in those many places. Beautiful artwork, as always, by Kelly Kinkart. And uh, stunning lettering by Rebecca Poole, who uh, just nails it. Both of them just nail it every single time. So proud of them for uh, being part of my team and the amazing work that they do. Uh, There's a reason that you keep going back to people. Because A, they're great to work with. B, the work they do is great. And C, just because you like them. And both of these people are very dear to me and uh, every project, they just both knock it out of the park. So Rebecca came along a little, uh, a little bit later. I was using someone in, I don't remember what country she was in, um, but uh, I, I became really displeased with her service. I found out that everything she was using was, was really just stock stuff. And I didn't know that much about it at the time. I'm not a graphic artist. I don't know anything about it. I trust the people that I hire, uh, but I really went wrong with her. So at some point I'll, uh, I'll have Rebecca go go back and do the lettering to the older albums before she came into the fold uh, as time allows. And I do uh, updated releases and that kind of stuff right now. It's kind of like, you know, I've got so many new things going on to go back and do that uh, really just isn't important because they're not going to get re-uploaded to the different distributors that way. So uh, anyway, that's where that is. And I got to tell you before we, uh, before I bring Jessica on the show, uh, I had the most amazing time last night. So tonight is Sunday night when I'm recording this intro. And uh, last night I got to see Deep Purple play at the House of Blues. And for those of you guys that know me, you know that uh, these guys have been the most influential people to me as musicians, as uh, just people. Uh, you know, the the things that they talk about in the interviews, the the bits that you get to know about them as people, very impressive, very inspiring. And their music has has just been a staple in my life since I was a wee little thing. Uh, they uh, they came out, uh, played, I think it probably had to be an hour and a half. And I've never been so close to a stage before. I was actually in uh, in the front over in front of Roger Glover. So the, <laughs> the sound balance was a little bit bassy, but I enjoyed it. And let me, t- let me tell you guys something. Anybody who doesn't think that Roger is a phenomenal bass player, just sit there and watch him play for five minutes. 
very intricate stuff. He he writes some pretty incredible bass lines. He's not just a root note player, doesn't just play eighths or sixteenth notes. He's really all over that uh, of the bass. And uh, it, it's really just a joy to to get to see that, especially in person and really feel it. Because being on his side, that's where all the bass amps are. And even though they put bass in the mains, there's the stage speakers, which is what was coming right at me. And uh, it was it was definitely a bass heavy show. But I'm really glad that I had that perspective on it. If I get the chance to see them again, I, you know, I'd kind of want to stand right there again. But uh, maybe I'd go on the other side to, uh, you know, to kind of balance that out and get to see what Steve and Don are doing a little bit more. But they came out and played, you know, they're in their 70s now, early 70s, and they they sounded better than ever. You know, the the life that was still in these older songs, the energy, the the joy. I mean, anytime that Steve wasn't playing a solo, he, there was just a big smile on his face. Ian was joking, had a lot of power in his voice still. Uh, Roger just playing at the top of his game. Ian Pace, always phenomenal. Uh, Don Airy is just so energetic behind the keyboards. And it's funny because in, in a way, when you're watching him from a bit of a distance, it just looks like he's just chopping at the piano. Like he's he doesn't really know what he's doing. But the most amazing amazing sound comes out such a beautiful and talented player uh i i could just sit there and listen to him but i'm really glad the rest of the band showed up of course because that would be a little much to just watch a keyboard player for an hour and a half uh great great sound on the stage that was the best i've ever heard the house of blues sound uh i don't care for the engineer that i typically hear when i go there um the sound i i i wasn't impressed uh, anytime I've been there up until this point, but last night was phenomenal. So I'm, of course, I'm sure that they brought their own engineer. Um, the opening band, I can't even remember their name. Uh, they were probably the worst opening band I've ever seen. And when, you know, every single song, uh, before they even started really, uh, you know, the singers trying to get the crowd pumped up and granted they're there to warm the crowd for deep purple, but, Every single song. And before they even started, he's like, everybody say, yeah, how y'all doing tonight? Trying to get everybody. To, I mean, we would have had no voice left. At least 60% of the singing was the crowd and not the singer. And when, when, he, you, when he was singing, you couldn't hear anything he was saying anyway. And uh, then he started doing these really weird flips and vibrating on stage. It was just, it, it was kind of a mess. And uh, I couldn't really hear the guitar player that well. So I don't want to say... He wasn't good because I honestly don't know, but I would say that the bass player and the drummer should leave and go start their own band because they were pretty tight. Once we got through that, you know, then of course there's this, the changeover and the sound check and all that. But man, uh, Deep Purple started with their classic opener of Highway Star and and the train just kept running from then on. And uh, I, I had to say, you know, when uh, when they played Smoke on the Water, I knew they were towards the end. Uh, then they played Hush, which I forgot that they did in their set. Uh, but then when they start Black Knight, it's, it's, you know, it's almost over. And I, you know, I got a little bit sad because I don't know if I'm, if they're going to come back again. I don't know if I'm going to get to see them again. They've been such a huge part of my life. And, um, it was, it was, you know, a bit of a sad moment, but they were uh, so fantastic on stage. And uh, every chance that I get to see them, uh, you know, I, I got to grab it. There was one I missed when I lived in California. And I'm trying to think of what tour that was. If that was, that must have still been Rapture of the Deep. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Rapture of the Deep. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I missed that one uh, because I just moved to California. But uh you know, every every other chance I've gotten, I've gone and uh, loved them every time. So if you get the chance to see them, if they're still coming to your town. I know they're headed out west. 
uh, from here. And then I think they're doing uh, some dates on the East uh, East Coast. Uh, but uh, just go to deeppurple.com or thehighwaystar.com and you can follow their touring schedule. Uh, go see them while you can because uh, there, there's really nothing like that experience. Even if you're not a huge fan of their music, even if you're sick to death of Smoke on the Water, uh, you know, it's four minutes out of your life to, to see them play it live. But to watch that band at that age, at the top of their game, performing immaculately, it's it's really something to go see. And uh, it was just a lot of fun. So thanks, guys, for uh, coming out and giving us a fantastic show. I guess it had been 11 years since they had played at the House of Blues. So it was good to have them back. First time I'd seen them there. Last time I saw them at, uh, I think it was called, at the Chelsea over at the Cosmo with uh, Edgar Winner and Alice Cooper, which was another just fantastic bill. All right, so that's me rambling about what's going on in my life. I got uh, a new single that I'm mixing, and uh, that should be out in a couple of weeks. I'm waiting to hear back from the distributor uh, with a question I had about the release. And then once I have that, then I'll go ahead and finish the mastering on it and uh, and upload it. It's actually, the mix is done, and I'm really happy with it. But when I mastered it, uh, I, I kind of went over just a little bit, and there's a little bit that's distorting. So I have to dial that back and remaster it, uh, which is a fairly easy process for me at this point. But uh, yeah, that'll be out soon. And then uh, I think the next thing on the schedule that comes out will then be the Haunted Holidays album. And then I'm following that up with some other singles. So very excited to have a lot of new material coming out. Uh, In between doing the podcast and and some other things, I'm also working on uh, a, a couple of albums for licensing. So lots of stuff happening here. And uh, that's uh, that's about everything going on here. I still need to get a newsletter out. I haven't done that, but that'll be happening very soon. And uh, in the meantime, let's go and talk to Jessica. She's had quite an interesting journey. And uh, when I met her, I would have had no idea the stories that she would tell me. And she shares some of those with us today. Here is Jessica Einhaus. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am really excited, as I am every week, to bring on my next guest. This is a lovely new friend of mine who uh, I had the pleasure of meeting at Phoenix Fan Fusion, along with Ellie Cat, who I had on the show uh, a couple months back. And this is my new friend, Jessica Einhaus. Jessica, how are you doing today? I am doing wonderful, Scott. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. Did I say your name right? You are the first person to get it right. You get the prize. That is amazing. Thank oh, sweet. you for doing that. <laughs> I didn't realize I was on a game show, but I'm even more excited now. Uh, well, it's spelled. It's spelled. It's spelled like it sounds. If you understand German names, German, right? Yeah, and and I have some German in my uh, lineage. So, uh, plus, I I cheated. I listened to your episode with uh, Summer when you were on uh, behind the scenes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like okay, I'm going to remember that. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, now I I don't know. I don't probably shouldn't announce this right off the bat, but that never stopped me. So your uh, your project that's coming out uh, that I'm really excited about is you were in the movie Maya with our friend Victoria Page and yes. directed by Paul Hemmings. Paul did you yes. have some, Did you have fun shooting that? I had the most wonderful experience shooting that. Um, everyone was so amazing. The cast, the crew, the pages just flew off and it was it was so easy it was like butter <laughs> wow you have to love when a production is if you have that sort of camaraderie with everybody and everybody's there to make 
the project great without any sort of their personal agenda. It comes out so, so wonderful for the audience. Yes. And it was organic. There was nothing forced. Everyone, you know, we got along, we got our scenes in and we were like, wow, did that, that just happened. Yes. Very that nice. just happened. The synergy was absolutely there. Where were your locations? Were you in California with them? It was all here in Arizona. Okay. Um, most of it shot um, up in Apache Junction. There was a few scenes that were shot up in Mount Lemon, Tucson. Um, that was my favorite when we got to go up there. I was sick as a dog. Oh, no. I was. The last few days of shooting, I was sick as a dog, but it was so beautiful up there and the energy was flowing with everybody and it was good it was a good time it was really good well that mount lemon area is just beautiful and but shooting in arizona southern arizona in the summertime that is a challenge absolutely it was and at times you know at night the i think we started filming in february uh, it was cold. It was very cold at times. And you're just sitting out there, you're shivering, you have two jackets on, you have a blanket over you. And you have to jump into this giant man-made puddle that they, you know, that's supposed to be this lake. Oh, and wow. you have to fall into it. And it's freezing outside. So <laughs> we're, we're, we're throwing, you know, I'm like, uh, what can we throw in there to make it a little hotter? Well, they do it in the sauna. So why don't we take some hot, uh, some hot rocks and yeah. throw it on in there. Yeah. Totally works. So That's if you're ever idea. in the industry, you know, the whole sauna, hot rock thing, throw it in there. Your actors and actresses will love you for it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a really good idea. And I love those creative ideas on the fly. Yeah. You know. And there's so much, so many good ideas. Every, you know, and everybody pitches in. That's the actors around here in Arizona, the local actors, they're no joke. They're, you know, um, they go out there and they put their heart and soul into everything. Yeah, they're pretty diehard for sure. They really are diehard. <laughs> What's really interesting to me, and this is really kind of the, the magic of movies in general, is that a lot of times what you see on the screen is exactly the opposite of what it really is. And I'm thinking of scenes in the office when they, you know, had to go outside and it's snowing and they're pretending that they're <laughs> shivering. And they filmed that in California you know, and, and there's no snow anywhere. They had to mask a lot of the palm trees to kind of, you know, persuade you to believe that it was Pennsylvania. And, uh, you know, but they're, but they're going out there and they're, they're shivering. And I'm like, that's, you know, when, when most Christmas movies are filmed, it's not really snowing. Otherwise they'd have to wait a year to release it. And nobody, no investor is going to wait that long to get their money back. All right. Same thing with the swimsuit issues. Those girls are going out there in the wintertime, freezing their little hind ends off, Yeah, you know, and they got to make it look like, you know, make sure you don't have any kind of goosebumps on you. Right. Yeah. I don't know how you do it. It's it's such a weird thing, though, that the what we present isn't anywhere near the reality of what it really is. Yeah. And that's, you know. On all facets. Jaws was like that. When they filmed the first Jaws, it was actually freezing in Martha's Vineyard. And you see all these people on the beach in, in swimsuits and bikinis and shorts with no shirts. And, you know, and, and they're all sitting on the beach just trying to stay warm. Yeah. Uh, and Jaws, the only movie to ever scare me. Really? Yeah, I was one of those kids who, you know, I was kind of desensitized, you know. We were the first ones on the block to get cable. And so, you know. Well, we watched cable. We watched all the, the, the old 
my dad watched all the good old, you know, Die Hard and oh, yeah. <laughs> all the Michael Judikoff and all these other things, you know, uh, movies. And that's what we would watch. And, you know, uh, sorry, I don't know where I was going with well, that. Well, that's all right. <laughs> I, I actually saw Jaws uh, at the drive-in. <laughs> Yeah. And I was, I was very young. I think I was five at the time. And I mean, I wow. slept through a good chunk of it because it, it was the second of two movies. Cause I always used to do the double features at the drive-in. And uh, I just remember waking up every time I heard that dun, 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 get, start oh getting faster. Gosh. And then I would wake up and I'm like, what's going on? And then I would get terrified and cover my eyes. And oh. uh, that, that, and I, I don't think it affected me in, in, no, of course it affected my life, but uh, I remember like I was afraid to take a bath because I was sure that yes. that shark was going to come through that tiny little uh, that tiny little hole. Yes. Yeah. That's power. And pool. I was afraid to go. And we had a lovely pool in Vegas and I was all oh, that drain. That thing is going to come out of there and it's going to get me. Yeah. And what was worse was my parents, you know, oh, let's take the kids to Universal Studios. Great. Well, we get on this cute little tram ride and we're going through. All of a sudden, our tram breaks down and it starts to go into the water. And who comes out of the water right next to me is Jaws. And I'm like <laughs> four years old, four or five years old. And I'm like, oh, ah, yeah, screaming. And I'm like, nope, never again. Will I let a movie scare me like this? Yeah, I've I've seen videos of that ride uh, before they shut it down. And that that looked like it could have been if you were right there and you didn't know that was happening. That could have been, a, especially at that tender age. Yeah, and then it takes you through, like, uh, what was it? I think it was King Kong. So you're going through New York City next, and you're like, oh, this is okay. And here comes this giant gorilla, and you're like, oh. Right. <laughs> I, I think when I went on that tour, uh, they did the, it was Earthquake, was the, oh. the one that they had, which was really, really yeah. impressive. And the water would come out of the out of the city, I think. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it was so well done. But what we they had also uh, off of the tram ride, they had a backdraft exhibit. And Ooh. if if I ever learned to respect people that made a movie, it was being a hundred mm-hmm. feet away from the backdraft exhibit and feeling like my skin was being singed by the heat from the fire. Really? And I and then I went home. When I got home, I rewatched the movie, and I'm like, these guys aren't even a hundred feet away. They're there. They're in it. How did they film it. this movie? <laughs> who knows i mean i was just i was i had so much more respect than i did for those guys after watching after being at that attraction than i did before i i was there just because that that i just can't imagine saying yes i'd like to do this movie and then after my first day not just leaving yeah you know because that was a lot to to deal with on top of acting and being in character and all that other stuff. Oh, absolutely. Sometimes it takes you to those points where you're like, I don't know if I can go on. Yeah. Is there, is there something for you that, uh, you know, would be like if a director said, okay, I, I don't really have the money to do a stunt double. Um, so no, I have I'm this. Stunt like, are you really? I'm always all in. And I tell them too, okay, I, I, I got this. And they have, they have film of me. I get, pumped up so I'm standing there and I'm jumping around and I'm you know doing a dance or something and he, yeah I, I'll do it I'll jump in there and I'll do it again you need another take of that yeah it's freezing in here let's do another take or I'm one of those people like if you want uh, I want to give you the best mm-hmm. I've had the directors hey if you want to see something out of me 
uh, like really see something and you're not getting it and you're not getting it, scream at me, get it out of me, startle me, Mm -hmm. you know? And I find that to work, you know, to get that real raw, to get that energy to, Mm -hmm. to, to really, you know, I haven't had that breaking point of where you're just like, I can't go on. This is it. That's awesome though. I love people that are willing to just be all in like that. And you know, one thing too, that when people are watching a movie, they're seeing the final product, they're seeing the, the, you know, the, uh, visual corrections, all the editing, but, and then yeah. they're also hearing the music and everything. When you're on set, none of that is there. You're mm-hmm. in the, the woods in a raw moment. There's no music playing. There's no nothing. And you have to create that emotion. Whereas when you watch the film and all those elements are already there, it's easy to ride along with it, but to create right. it with nothing there, that's the real challenge. Right. That's what the challenge of acting is definitely all about. And I'm, you know, I'm, close to 40 years old and I'm still learning a lot. And I've been trying to do this for, for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Well, but you've also had a lot going on in, in your life too. Yes, it's, it's, uh, a you have of, a very rich and full life. I have an amazing life. You do. I do. Congratulations <laughs> on your new home, your dream Thank home. Thank you. My dream home. Yay. It fits my seven children mm-hmm. and my husband. Lovely. So we are over the moon excited. Right well, now. yeah. I, and, and, you know, it's one thing to move into a house. That's always a stressful and yet exciting time. But to have your yes. dream house, that's really where it matters. Right. And it's our dream house because, you know, our with seven kids, there's not a lot of houses that fit us. So, you know, uh, to have the look on the kids' face, oh, we get our own room for the very first time was absolutely priceless so yeah i can't even imagine that that's got to be tough for them to i I imagine that they fight for position quite a bit yeah they do they do but all in all they they know where they stand um and what their place is in our in our on our machine um our kids are very good you kind of have to be very structured and everything we we go out into the world and people are like my two kids aren't even that good. I don't know how you manage all seven of those kids. Well, once you get them organized, as long as they can stay organized, then it's, you know, <laughs> yeah, easy that's the there. problem. We just got to keep the machine oiled. <laughs> exactly. But I would imagine too, for, from their perspective, having their own space where they can, you know, develop themselves and be who they are is, is really mm-hmm. going to make a big difference than, you know, having bunk beds or anything like that. Like having your right. own space is really important in this world. It really is the create. My girls are so creative too. I know they don't get it from me. They are just amazing little creatures and I can see it already blossoming. And I'm like, wow, who are you? You are my kid, but you are, you are, I didn't know this about you. So I'm pretty excited about that. That's great. And I think that though, we tend to not give ourselves credit for being creative, even though we all are in different ways. Um, you know, the way you throw together a birthday party is creative. The way that you pick the colors for your house is creative. Mm-hmm. Everything that we do. Yeah. But it's almost like we're afraid to set that standard for ourselves because if we do, then we have to live up to it all the time. I think we're afraid to be proud of ourselves. I think everyone, oh, somebody's going to judge me if I'm proud of myself. Yeah. Um, I went 38 years of my life thinking that way. If I think that I'm this way, ooh, somebody's going to think, uh, I'm 
self-absorbed or, you know, trying to brag. Mm-hmm. Um, when I, I, you know, I'm happy for myself and I'm not afraid to say I'm happy for myself. And we need to uh, appreciate ourselves, but we also need to celebrate our accomplishments. We need to, you know, be proud of the things that we've done. Yes. What turned that that uh, type of thinking around for you? What was the breaking point? Um, the breaking point for me was a health uh, scare. It was like more of a life scare. Um, and after that, a lot of things actually <laughs> that I didn't know were wrong in my life came into focus and I immediately changed it. Good. I, I could feel, you know, the, how I felt in my life. The, I felt like there was always a huge cloud looming. And now, no, there's, there's no cloud. It's everything is, is good. You got to make it good in your, in your heart and in your mind first. Well, I think those health scares, especially if it's a, a life and death kind of thing, it, you know, nothing's going to bring, reality to you faster than that but it's a shame that it takes something like that a lot of times for us to see clearly well i didn't know i wasn't seeing clearly i honestly thought i was going through life the way you know you were taught my father instilled in me these these uh things you work you're going to work hard all your life you know you're going to have a family you're going to work hard and you're going to do it till the day you die right but but you're going to do it and you're going to be proud of yourself for doing it well, well, we come from a time where our our grandparents especially came from that. You get one job when you're 18 and you stay with that job until retirement. And now, mm-hmm. you know, if you if you interview for a job and they look at your resume and like, well, you've been with your company for three years. Why did you stay so long? Like, why, why don't aren't you motivated? Yes, everything has changed. And I come from that old school era because my father was an older parent. Mm-hmm. So I have those like the <laughs> the older I'm old school. Yeah. I I like to come home and clean and cook and do all these you know domestic things and I like to go out and have a wonderful job and but at the same time I'm going to go out and work on cars and I know how to do I can do both. I like that. Male and female things. You know, I can bait my own hook. I can go into, a, you know, an auto zone and I know my way around, you know. That's good. Self-sufficiency is such a, an important thing, but it's not just the ability to do it. It's that confidence that you know that you can handle situations. Yes. And if you can't, then learn. Learn how. Right. Just don't sit there and say, you know, I, I see a lot of these uh, millennials I can't do it. It's too hard. I, I you know, I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. Well, no, that's not the way I was taught. I'm going to figure it out and exhaust every resource I can until, you know, the problem solved. Well, yeah, I had a friend who uh, used to be a teacher. She just left the teaching profession after this last uh, school year. And she said to me one time, she's, you know, I have to give out tests. And if the kids are offended by a question, they don't have to to answer it. What? And I thought, hmm. what 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 are we teaching people? You know, how are you really preparing them to go out into the world if you're taking every difficult thing and just going, I'm going to take that away from you. You don't have to worry about that anymore. Is if the first job that they get any any kind of uh, you know pushback from a supervisor or whatever, they're they're not prepared for that. Hmm. It's 
it's a sad time. It it is. And I'm I'm not saying that my education I don't feel feel that my education that I had and I graduated in ninety, I don't feel mm-hmm. that that really prepared me for life either. I, I don't know. There's a lot that that was thrown at us that just had nothing to do with anything. And the uh, the idea that I was actually prepared for the world when I graduated high school, if I hadn't have done things on my own, if I hadn't been already in the workforce for a few years, for example, mm-hmm. or managing my own checking account, right. I, I would have walked out gra- having graduated and gone, um, now what do I do? And I was one of those people who were, I didn't have all that. And I was, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Didn't know about, honestly, SAT scores. What? When, when, who? When was that test taken? Yeah. You know, these days, as parents pretty much have to do all the stuff for the kids, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope it, I hope it's not going to be like that for my children. I'm trying to teach them to be functioning members of society. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ugh. it's a tough thing when you don't have the, you know, they, they spend so much time in school and that. There's so much that could be done with that time, I think, that could really utilize it and make them ready to take on the world where, you know, it so much really does depend on the parents now. And, you know, both parents typically work full time. It just Mm -hmm. can't be easy for parents at all now in the schools because they're so focused on, you know, making it look right, making these, you know, state assessment Mm -hmm. tests uh, the scores averaging well enough so that the school can get funding as opposed to actually educating anyone it's just, just like everything else, I feel like it's off kilter. No, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's a shame. But we didn't talk, you didn't come here to talk about the educational system. <laughs> but, you know, that's what I love about the way I do this show is that it, it's really like, I, I like that it's just organic conversation. I do too. You know, thank you. Thank you. So I, you know, I want to talk about uh, how we met because your your yeah. role the day that we met was really more modeling than uh, yes. than film. We met at Phoenix Fan Fusion this past May in uh, in obviously in Phoenix, and you were working a, a gig for Summer Helene at her speech with our uh, our friend Ellie, who was on yes. the show a couple months ago. And uh, how did you connect with that? Well, uh, I was on Facebook one day. Uh, <laughs> that sure. all started. Mm-hmm. Um, Somebody had mentioned that they were looking for her name. What was her name? I think her name was Ape Shirley. And she said, I have a friend. Would anyone be interested? And I was like, oh, I hope she picks me. I am totally interested. And uh, so I believe she gave my information out and I got a call back. And they said, you're going to be working for Summer Helene paramount and i was over the moon excited oh sure oh my goodness i mean i this year is the first year uh as a comeback for me i hadn't been in the industry in geez almost 20 years uh i the whole family thing basically it happened but you never really lost the bug though once, once it's in you unless something happens to derail you from the enjoyment of it like if you have a, a really bad experience and you just don't want to go back to it. I've had a couple of bad experiences, mostly uh, when I was younger. But this is something that I have wanted to do since I was a very small child. Mm-hmm. Uh, modeling and acting for me is a voice. 
Um, I came from good upbringings, but uh, difficult situations. Um, and to me, that was that was my escape. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's 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 very deep. Yeah, I could you know, and I understand that because some people do drugs to escape, some people drink alcohol to escape. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I think something like this, because you're you're in a different world, you're playing someone else. Right. It's it's the perfect way to get away and not do anything that's you know potentially harmful to yourself. At, at exactly. The same time. But this had to be a tough gig because you're basically standing there for however long she's going to talk. And, you know, you're just standing there. Yes. And we'd already been there uh, for a few hours, just walking around and getting everybody, you know, waiting for, uh, ready for her uh, spiel. Mm -hmm. We were walking around all day, uh, just greeting everybody. Come on, see Summer Helene. Uh, That was, that was amazing. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, come on up. I had no idea that I were, I was going into this and I'm like, okay. So I'm running up there and you know, wearing heels all day in a bikini with uh, a bunch of gore makeup makes a girl tired. And we, I walk up and they're like, hurry, hurry, hurry. And I'm like, I'm hurrying. <laughs> and then I look and there's a crowd of people and there's a podium and there's that beautiful woman that I had talked to earlier, Summer Lane. And I was like, wow, this is so amazing. Yeah, it's it's a real interesting thing. Uh, I gave a speech at uh, Comic Con in 2014, I think it was, because it was right before I moved to LA. And uh, it's really weird being on that side of the room instead yeah. of just an audience member. You you definitely feel like all eyes are on you the whole time, regardless of whether you're speaking or not. Right, and her the panel that she had, it was just she was so engaging, so amazing. And I had never been to anything like this before. So seeing, and I am such a dork. I loved since I was a young girl again, Dungeons and Dragons. And I used to play Pendragon and Rips and, you know, all those role-playing games. And then all these like Star Wars and, and, and Star Trek. And, oh my gosh, I was a girl in heaven. Yeah, it was just amazing, and and my friend Victoria was there. It was, yeah. and she is just as cute as a button, and all her stuff, and yeah, I, I just, uh, it's a beautiful thing. I have to say, I did find it a little frustrating because when I got there, um, I have a couple friends that, that had places there. My friend Amanda Tucker, who owns Modified Minds, uh, she had a booth there, and I couldn't find that. And uh, oh, no. I knew Victoria was sitting with uh, with Justin. And yes. he's a, an amazing artist. Yes. And, uh, but I walked up and down <laughs> Artist Alley, I don't know how many times, and I could not find them. So I go upstairs oh. and I go to information. I'm like, here's what I'm trying to find. And she goes, yeah, it should be right here. And it wasn't. So I, I walked back really? down through it a couple times again. And I finally just, just sent Justin a note and said, I can't find you guys. Where are you at? And he right. said, all the numbers are messed up. Yes, uh, look for were. this number instead and you'll find me. And then I walked right by him. <laughs> I hear Victoria shouting, Scott Haskin, you get right back here. <laughs> As if I had, you know, like done something bad. And, right. but, but she With had changed, child. like she wasn't blonde that day. And I was no. expecting her to be blonde. So that's who I was looking for. Yeah. 
Oh, that's so funny. And I, w- I went looking for her and I'm like looking around the booth. No, she's like, the one time I leave the booth, you come <laughs> oh, by. No. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. I mean, it was, it's a cool show. I like, I like going to those things. I love how, um, how much work people put into their costumes. Oh my Just the fans, you know, I talked to somebody in 2014 that spent, I think it was like 12 hours just on their shield. I see. And I know people like that or just role-playing games. Yeah. Yeah. I love when people just, when they're willing to really put effort into what they're doing. I admire that so much. Me too. It's a craft. It's beautiful. And and it's something you're passionate about, which is why you do it. Right. You know, but was it hard? Because what was the, the speech was what? And it was supposed to be an hour and it ran over. I think it was almost an hour and a half. Yeah. It had to be so hard to just stand there and not just shift your weight from one foot to the other. And, and I was. Were you? <laughs> I was. I was definitely doing that. And then, um, and that's actually when I started feeling the health problems too. And I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, I guess I'm not feeling good. I might need to sit down. And I'm like, Oh, you're going to sit down in front of Summer Helene in front of this panel while she's doing her amazing thing. Oh, don't sit down. But I had to sit down. Yeah. I had to do it. Yeah. And I was like, Ali, I'm sorry. Thank you. Your health <laughs> is, is obviously more important than any. Yeah. I didn't or... know what was going on. I was like, Oh, this is so unlike me. And you know, and I, and I felt like I, like I felt bad, you know, mm. and I was trying to leave there and nothing. And I was talking to you and I was talking to Summer and I'm like, oh, right now I just want to get into my car yeah. and just pass out. You know, it was, it was, yeah. But you didn't know at this point how bad things really were. No, not this at was, all. This was like the, the precipice of finding out what was going on with you, right? Right. I think it was about two weeks later, I had a, another TIA stroke mm-hmm. um, and then just turmoil, just sick, very, very sick for a while. Yeah. But How are you feeling now? You sound really good. I feel good. amazing. I, I have lost a lot of weight, unfortunately, but I'm going to try to gain it all back. I'm still um, dabbling in the modeling. Um I think I have a couple of acting roles coming up. I hope. Good. Um, it's, I really, really want to, after this year, um, really shoot for the stars and do what I was made to do. I really modeling and acting for me is like my voice. It's I'm being seen. I'm, I'm, you're, you're, you're listening to me and coming from, like I said, old school, uh, women or you know kids are to be uh seen and not heard right and to me this is this is my voice this is my story this is how i'm going to tell it this is how i'm going to tell the story now when i when i say right i'm not saying right in the fact that i agree with the fact that women should be you know not oh, heard no. that stuff. i don't agree with that at all no but you know you've heard those those uh those terms you know children yeah. and but and, but growing up in that same era you know yeah. that same environment i mean i'm a little bit older than you but but we're basically from that same generation yeah and uh and it really was like you know as a child i often felt like I, I tried to be as inconspicuous because I didn't want to bother anybody. Yes. I didn't want to be in anyone's, you know, make anyone upset because I was there. 
And, and that's uh, spilled over into your adult life, hasn't oh, it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. That's, a, that's a hard thing to break because that's yes. so anything that, that you learn as a child, especially extreme behavior, behavior like that, which goes against mm-hmm. the grain of, of human nature, that right. really sticks with you because that digs in deep. It plants some pretty deep seeds in your psycholo- psychological state. Absolutely. And uh, it's really hard to break out of that. But at the same point, you're able to go and put yourself out there and say, I want you to see me and it's okay for me to be seen. Right. And that's exactly that eloquently put. Thank you. Oh, thanks. Yes. <laughs> was that, absolutely. do you think part of the attraction to it was that you, you saw that it gave you the ability to break that barrier? Yes, absolutely. I, when I was a little girl, I remember my father asking me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And the first thing I want to be a model. Well, what if you can't be a model, you know? That's shooting pretty high, kid. You may not, you know, Mm -hmm. my dad was a very honest type of person. Uh, And I was like, well, maybe I can go into the army. Girls don't do that, you know? So it was like, oh, well, okay. So as a kid, you know, you already got those barriers and those, you know, labels put on you. So Right. And, and, you know, having your your choices limited by somebody who's obviously a heavy influence in your life does not help. Right. The most influence. My father was my, you know, was my everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? But you did it anyway. Yes, I did. I like that. So what was, what was your first, um, what was your first opportunity to show yourself off? Was it modeling or acting? It was actually, it was acting. It was actually being in a, it was in rush hour too. Uh, oh, wow. I had done a little bit of modeling and somebody was like, Hey, one of my friends, uh, just bailed on me. Can you come on in and, and, and help, you know, they're looking for another person. And I was like, me? Yeah, absolutely. You know, in my early twenties being in a movie like that. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, to now be in a movie like that. <laughs> oh my know? gosh. I know. Can you see yourself in the movie? Barely, yeah. uh, but they had me as like a like a speaking role, and I was like, "Oh, that's so great!" But wow. it got cut. Oh no! Was, yes, but uh, the experience still—it was a week of just. I've never been on a real set before, mm-hmm. and then there's Chris Tucker, and then there is you know Jackie Chan right right in front of me. Holy smokes! You know, right. Yeah. This is crazy. <laughs> when I shot my one day on the set of Jason Bourne, um, Matt Damon, oh. I think, was about maybe 10 feet from me at, at, when when the scene started. And uh, or, or he ran up, I think, at some point to, to be that close to me. But it was it was crazy. But there's such a, a, an amazing feeling about being with a group of people that not just are professionals and know what they're doing and are organized, but that really really are creating something that you know is going to be seen by millions of people and you're contributing to that. Yes. E- even if it's in a minute way. But what disappoints me is like to hear that, you know, it's bad that your scene got cut. And, and but, that's okay. But for the storyline, mm-hmm. I understand those kind of edits. But what's a shame is that they don't take all of those bits that people came on and spent that time doing and put those on like the gag reel or the from the cutting floor kind of stuff so that everybody that showed up and participated can still have that moment without it being in the film. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to see more of that. I mean, honestly, if, if you see me and Jason, it's such a flash 
that I'm in. We did a lot of takes and somebody was getting injured on, on every take. But, oh, wow. and, I, and I almost got very badly injured and I just was able to just at the last minute, get my hand up and, and <gasps> push myself really? in a different direction. Yeah. But, um, but, but the only reason I see myself in the film is because I know where I was in that room, yes. mm-hmm. you know, but if, but it's, it's still amazing to, regardless of whether I made it into the film or not, just to be in that atmosphere, it's exhilarating. Yes. Yeah, it really is. It kind of gives you that spark. You're like, this is, yes, I love this. Yeah. This is what I want to do. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm so glad that you had that opportunity. That's fantastic. Yeah, it was, it was, it was absolutely memorable. And it's something that I aspire. I I really, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And it's good that you had that experience early because that kind of probably just really reinforced. Yeah. It held me. It held me through those years, you know, and I had a marriage where it was like, you know, it wasn't, I wasn't able to do any acting or modeling. Mm -hmm. Now I'm in a marriage where, you know, Hey, he, he helps me out a lot. And we, we compliment each other. We, we help each other out. So, well, I would think with seven kids, there has to be a certain (laughs) amount of, of support and, and, uh, going both ways because you wouldn't it wouldn't work if you guys didn't have that oh absolutely not and it was a he, he had two boys when we met and I had four girls and like I told him I go you know we are one big package yeah <laughs> yeah for sure um, and it was rocky at first you know but it, it's like the planets aligned or something and everything is just it's working out wonderfully better than i could have ever imagined <laughs> i'm so happy for you guys that's amazing Thank you. and you know i i'm curious and maybe this is a, a premature question so uh you may not be able to answer this but i'm curious since you're really saying okay in 2020 that's when i'm really gonna like the engines got uh you know the, the tank is full of gas the engines revved mm. let's uh-huh. go Uh, is there, is there something that you're shooting for acting wise, or are you just saying, I just want to act and uh, I'm happy to take on any kind of roles or do you want to do horror? Do you want to do drama? Oh, I want, I want to experience everything. I liked horror. Um, and, and I did a drama movie before that. Um, I love, I love it all. I love acting. I love going into a character. Okay. So let me learn about what, who she is and let me throw some things in there and to see what you come up with. It's almost like a, kind of like a Frankenstein thing, Hmm. you know, you're Dr. Frankenstein and you're putting this, this character together. You're taking these bits and pieces of all these things that you've seen over the years and all these characters that, you know, that you've even played in your own life's drama and you just put them all together and you make this, this creature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. I, I, I love that. I would I, think I too that. <laughs> that it would get so stale just, just doing horror films or just doing romantic comedies or, or what, because everything's so formulated nowadays, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's almost like you can read, save the cat and watch the movie unfold. Oh, but that's so boring. Yeah. And so I, I think at least doing things in different genres, playing completely different characters and different different types of situations mm-hmm. would be so much better. Like, I don't know how people that just do one thing, 
I don't know how that doesn't get stale after a while. Right. Well, the different genres also make you more of a well-rounded actor. Yeah. You know? Yeah. At least I think. <laughs> well, I would think so because if you're if you're doing romantic comedies, you obviously aren't going to be screaming and and having the, the terror look <laughs> on your face. And at least I, I would hope not. You know. <laughs> <laughs> a romantic horror comedy. That's what we need. Uh, oh, that's great. You should write one. I would totally be, I would let me volunteer right now. <laughs> it's tempting. I would, I think there have been some sort of like parody type stuff, like the, you know, Return of the Living Dead type movies where you have that oh, yeah. sort of, you know, romantic comedy in a horror setting and that sort of thing. <laughs> uh, but I, I, but yeah, I think that it would be, if I were an actor, I think I would want to do that. I think I'd want to, you know, let me, it, I would look at it like, uh, uh, what do you call it? A buffet, you know, yes. let me go to this station and then let me try what's at this station. Let me try what's at this station. And then I'll go back. And eat at the ones that I like the most. Like best, yeah. yes. But also sometimes you just take what's there. If you've got the time and you want to act and there's an opportunity, it might not be the movie you want to do, but you know what? I don't have anything booked next month. There's a, right. I, I, they need me for two weeks. Sure, why not? And practice makes perfect, you know? So I think it's wonderful. Well, everything that you do, uh, you know, even in life, those things seep into it, but everything that you do helps you grow as as building characters is becoming those characters, um, how you handle situations as those characters. And of course, you know, part of that is going to be based on the director, how they want you to handle it versus how you want to do it. Right. Um, but, but your everything that you do just kind of adds to the skill set that you have and you just get better as things go on. Absolutely. At least that's the hope anyway. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but what about modeling? So what's your focus with modeling? With modeling? See, I don't know. <sighs> modeling is a little more difficult for me. Acting always just came naturally. And you can always find people, you know, or theater groups or things like that all around your community. Mm -hmm. Modeling, I did not know anybody. I'm from Las Vegas. I'm out here in Phoenix, Arizona. And... I know that there's a million wonderful photographers out here and I did not know any of them. Mm, so I had tough. a, yeah, I had a friend, I have a friend, uh, Crystal Singer. She is an amazing model out here and she's like, come with me. <laughs> let me take you <laughs> under my wing. I will let me sh uh, show you, uh, the scene Let you meet a lot of the people. And ever since then, things have really gone off and I'm like I don't even know where I could go from here yeah well that's it's so important to have those kind of connections and relationship building yes it's, because it's, it's like everything. where do I go I, I feel like I'm a, I'm a I'm a decent looking 40 year old lady sure. but you know and I'm not bad for having a bunch of kids so right? I feel good about me what was that picture that you posted the other day or I, or it got <laughs> something the other day? It was yeah. like just, just a, a few days after having your baby. And I'm like, you look yes. like you've never, like your skin has never been stretched in any direction. whatsoever. <laughs> that was, yes. I, I think it was nine days after I had a, my last baby Morgana. Uh, yeah, I was, I think I was back down to my regular size. <laughs> that was fast. Yeah. It was, but I also, uh, my father had passed a month before oh. and 
Oh yes. And that picture, unfortunately, my sister passes, I think in a few weeks after that picture was passed. So that was a very, yeah. So one month apart, my, I had a, my, my father, my sister, um, pass away. So it was kind of a difficult time. So I was a little thinner than usual, but well, you've got this this extreme sadness because, as you said, you know your father was a pretty huge influence in your life. Oh, but then you yeah. have the joy of giving birth, which is, I would imagine, tremendous. And oh, then the beyond. loss of your sister, like that, that emotional role. I can't even imagine riding that kind of a roller coaster. My dot, the baby, was what saved me um, when I was going. My father um, passed away from cancer, um, and she. Just having, it's so difficult to explain, but having that entity, that having that baby, having that life force inside of you really keeps you on the, uh, your head in the right place. Because I don't honestly know where I would have been if I hadn't had her mm-hmm. with me, you know, stuck to me at that time. Right. At all. At, Cause you know, you get lonely at times and during those times, you don't have anybody. She was there with me during everything. Right. So right. I am very thankful for her. Yeah, that's just that's just a crazy time for sure. And, oh, yeah. and to have stayed healthy through all of that, too. I mean, obviously, there's going to be a huge amount of depression just losing one family member, let alone two right. that were so close. Um, but uh, yeah, you you know, it's amazing the things that we go through and what we survive and how we move on from those things. You never forget those people. And, you know, you replay conversations, you have new conversations with them, even though they're not there. Yeah. Every day. I mean, it's there's every day you still think about them, you know, I mean, at first it's very painful and you'll go a few seconds waking up in the morning and not think about it. Just a few seconds. You have a normal day and then, oh my gosh, that's right. Yeah. That's the worst to me. I I would rather not have that at all than have those few seconds because every time that it happens, it's like you're finding out all over again and muscle memory and that, that just, you know, gut wrenching punch happens every time. And I hate that. It's like the movie 51st dates. It's a terrible thing over and over and over every single morning, Yes, you know, but it, it it gets better and it does. Yeah, every you know they say that time heals all wounds, but I think it's just that we find mechanisms over time. Yes, we get a little bit more detached over time, um, but we find different mechanisms to deal with those things because we've been through the traumatic situation. We've adapted, and then we just apply those things without realizing. Right, and I like to apply science to mine. You know, so yeah, I feel like their energy, and their energy is everywhere. So you know what, they're still around. I like that. And that's what helps me, you know, every matter has, everything has energy, everything, even if that grain of sand that's sitting right there has energy around it. So, you know, so does everything else. So, hey. That's a great way of looking at it, for sure. So, (laughs) so you said modeling is a little more difficult, but is there, is there kind of stuff that you would prefer to model or is it something that, because the real difference to me, and tell me if I'm wrong, the difference between being an actor and being a model is that when you're an actor, people are looking at your character. They're mm-hmm. looking at what your character is doing. Yes, there are those people that are going to scrutinize how you look and all that. But for the most part, you're if you're invested in the movie, you're not really thinking about that. You're thinking about the storyline. Right. When you're modeling, 
everything then becomes vulnerable. Yes. And you have to be aware of every single body part and try to be aware of look the way you look and the way you stand and pose and oh and you have to suck in and push out and tuck and you have to do all this simultaneously and it's insanity but at the same time it's so beautiful because it's like a ballet i did a photo shoot with james sasser and his wife beverly um, a couple months ago out here in arizona and I was in this beautiful Spanish dress and they were putting me in these beautiful hats and I was sucking in and pushing out and, you know, <laughs> making angles and with my body and trying to get, you know, the light just perfect on my, you know, face and different body parts. But it was it was a beautiful dance between the photographers and and the model and it's it's poetic. It's beautiful. I could understand that. I mean, obviously, I've been on some photo shoots with models doing like my album covers and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it's really uh, almost like a dance. Yeah. And it's really amazing to watch that unfold to see that if especially if the photographer and the model are really connected. If there's a synergy. Absolutely. Yes. yes. And I mean, there's so many things that both of you have to be, you know, obviously the things that you just mentioned and then from, from the photographer's side, every nuance of lighting, every nuance of shade, every nuance of angle and, you know, shutter. and you have to, and as the model, you have to be mindful of that because you have to know what they're, you have to know what they're seeing. You almost got to read their, their eyes, you know? Right. Yeah. And you have to be able to take direction very quickly. Yes. Super yeah. quickly. <laughs> like, Without, yeah, hesitation, just go, go, go. Yeah, it, it can't be turned to your left. No, your other left. Like, there's no time for that. Like, you just need to make yeah, the right move. and that all you know? comes with experience, you know. Yeah, and of course, the more that you work with a photographer, the, it becomes second nature over time. Yes, absolutely. And I'm not shy these days. Yeah, well, I think I think you're at that point where you've experienced enough things and you you've, you know what you want and what to expect of yourself. And what right. you're capable of doing, which is everything, because there's no barriers for you. Uh, exactly. I think you just naturally kind of get to that. Okay, you know what? You're going to have to br bring me a better challenge. You're going to have to do something that makes me interested now to be here because I want something spectacular every time I step out the door. I'm almost to that point. Are you? Honestly, I'm just, I'm thankful. Every photographer that comes in and, 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 and shows me uh, their way you know, of, of doing stuff. I, I love that. Even if it's not the best stuff, I love just getting out there. You know, I, I need the practice. You need the practice. Right. I want to, I want to see what you have. I want to see what you can do with this, with this model. You know, I want to see what you could do with this old bag of bones. You know, <laughs> I, I, I like that kind of stuff and I love it. Yeah. Somebody could throw something in there. Oh my gosh. I've never even thought of that before. That's, that's really amazing. And you know, you could take that with you. And vice versa. And that's the cool part about working with different photographers is that every one of them can, it will bring their own thing to the table. And you really do have different experiences every time. Right. You know, different, different creative connections and, and things like that. So I like, I love when people that are, have been in a band for a long time will go do a project, uh, you know, between tours, they'll go do a project with a different artist because you, you can only grow so much. I think working with the same people all the time, because you're only going to grow in connection to each other. Whereas if you go off and do different things, 
then you're all going to grow as individuals. And then when you come back together, then you're all going to be on the next level. Right. You know, exactly. So do you like shooting with other models or, or do you prefer that to be a more personal experience? I like, honestly, I like, I, I just did a shoot where we were all in pasties and what was it? Hose and uh, nude underwear and these, the most beautiful hats by Trampolina. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and it, I'd never really done a group photo like that, like a there were three, four, there were three of us mm-hmm. and the photographer and it was amazing. These girls were freaking fabulous. Wow. And I, and I love that because I can learn, I learn off of these girls They're them and the way they move. And I'm like, Oh, that's a good one. I should use that. And I like the way you did your lips on that one. Mm-hmm. Mm. I like to learn. And at the same time, I like to go out there and, do my solo thing, you know, let, let me show you what I can do, you know? Uh, and, and, and I like critique, critique me, tell me what you, what you want to see. Tell me, uh, you know, what I can do better. Mm. But that, and, but do you take that kind of with a grain of salt because everybody's opinion, everyone is different. Yeah. It's, it's what that person wants in that moment. And, And even if they were to say like, right now, here's how I feel two days later, they might feel completely different about that right. same thing. So feedback is a weird thing for me. I, I try to find whether I think it, it coincides with how my views are mm-hmm. as an artist. But I also realize that what they felt in that moment might not be what they feel now. Right. You know, it's like if people ask you your favorite song, well, I don't know your favorite song, <laughs> but if, if you want to say like what song inspires me or makes me happy right now, it's this, That's but if different. you ask me tomorrow or 20 minutes from now, it could be a completely different genre of music. It all depends on how you're feeling. Yeah. yeah. So how do you, how do you coordinate then with, with other models? Like, so let's take this one. Um, obviously there, there was discussions about like what the photo shoot was supposed to represent. So it, it like kind of give us an idea of how that would work, like how you selected the outfits or how you worked with the director to, to create the concept. Actually, it was all created for me. Oh. Um, they were talking about that this was going to go to Italian Vogue. And I was so very excited when I got there. Um, I was told to bring pasties, uh, nude hose and, you know, just just the outfit. And I was like, OK. I can do that, you know, and uh, she said she'll provide the hats. And I thought we were going to put on some clothes, but we ended up not. And I was absolutely fine because it was it was very well done and beautiful. And it was like uh, reminded me of like the 1950s uh, slumber party. Oh, it was beautiful. We were all done up kind of like uh, fembots almost in a way. Mm-hmm. And we had these beautiful, these beautiful hats. And sometimes we had to look like we were powered down or, you know, it was such an interesting, different concept. That sounds like it. Yeah. It was something I'd never seen before. And it turned out amazing. Well, let me ask you this. When you get a script, you read the script, you know what your character does. You pretty mm-hmm. much know what you're in for. But when it comes to a modeling job, you don't really always know because a lot of it's no. kind of spontaneous. It is. And sometimes they tell you, you know, even hair and makeup. Oh, come with no hair and no makeup. Well, you better believe I'm after my first time. Make sure you bring your hair 
bring your makeup, uh-huh. you know, just in case. Right. Because you might not even get to that point. I had a runway show and they're like, no, oh, we'll do your hair, we'll do your makeup, you know? And I was like, okay, great. I was the last one to get my stuff done and I felt that I, I didn't look my best. Uh-huh. And, you know, and it kind of, I didn't want it to show, but it showed, you know, and mm-hmm. after that I learned, you know, you got to make sure that you have everything be self-sufficient. Even if, you know, they tell you to bring this, bring extra or bring, bring a bag full of stuff just in case. I, I learned that from the first day. Well, and the thing is with a runway show, I mean, you have to walk down that runway with 100% confidence. And if yes. you don't feel like you look right, then, then you're how, only how going, do you do that? half-assing it. Yeah. You, you go out there and, and I, I gave it my all that I could. Right. I, I really did. And I, afterwards, you know, I felt relieved, but I was like, you know what? There's always a next time. And this was your first time. I try not to be too hard on myself. I, I did that a lot growing up. And as an adult, I don't need to beat myself up anymore. I just yeah. need to encourage myself. Okay that's fine. We didn't feel our best. We're never going to do that again. So, well, if you could take it in, into and turn it into something like you did, that's a positive where you're like, okay, I learned this lesson. Yes. Everything's a lesson. I wish I had known before, but I didn't. So now that I know I'm glad I had this experience because now going forward, this will never happen again. Yes. And everyone always, you know, oh, you're so prepared and oh, yeah. And if anything ever rips, breaks, I've got a sewing kit, I got this, I got that, I'm your gal. Yeah. Let's do this, you know? Yeah. And that especially comes in handy with a with a shoot like this other one where you've got other people there because you can help them out. And that's exactly. part of the relationship building, you know? Um, yes. hey, does anybody have a sewing kit? Yeah, I got one here. And then you become the person that you're known for being prepared, which is great, right. but you're also somebody that they that people learn that they can trust and they can count on. Right. And it's reliable. Absolutely. And I want to be that person because there's so many fake, mean, conceited. There, there's a lot of ugliness yeah. out there. And I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not that way. I, I, I want to make this beautiful again. Let's make, you know, let's make modeling beautiful again. Yeah. Because it's pretty ugly right now. It, it seems it, to it be is. ugly. And, and I mean, from the human standpoint, yes, you absolutely want to be that person because that's just who you are naturally. But also the the other side of it that's beneficial is that from a business standpoint, if a photographer is looking for a model, who is he going to call? Somebody that was difficult and gave them a hard time and pouted and kicked their feet at everything? Or is he going to call somebody that not only was there for their shoot, but also helped out other people in the process? Right. You know, it's, it's pretty, you know, you can, you can take a person and create an ad or a scene or whatever. And, you know, you can do that fine. But if you're going to get the choice of who to work with, you're going to bring somebody that makes you happy, that is easy to work with, that, you know, you can walk in feeling comfortable with. Absolutely. Yeah. And anytime, you know, somebody is like, hey, do you have a friend? Absolutely. That's how I got Ellie Cat in there. Oh, okay. And, uh, she was hanging out with uh, James Sasser. She was, he's a photographer and she was, uh, I believe, hanging out with him that day. And I, I called down there. I said, hey, Summer Helene needs another model. Mm-hmm. And I thought they were going to do the bathing suit. And they're like, no, she wants, she's going to go down there. She's going to go do Laura Croft. She's going to do her thing. And I was like, okay. Right. Yeah. Because she had already, she was already going to be Laura she was Croft. Already, yeah. yeah. 
and I was like, oh, too bad, you know. And uh, uh, Summer Helene's assistant was saying, yeah, we need a Laura Croft. And I'm like, no way. <laughs> I've got you a girl. Yeah. So I called back down. She she agreed. And I was like, yes. I You know, I was like, that's awesome. Not only did I get another girl on, but I'm helping somebody out. And that's right. it makes me it makes me feel amazing when I get to help out. I'm such a dork when it comes to things. And I'm like, yeah. Well, really, you're helping a lot of people out because, A, they don't have to spend so much more time scrambling trying to find somebody. Right, yeah. B, you're helping Ellie out because you're getting her you know, connected with this gig and a, a group of people she wasn't familiar with that now know right. her. And then you're helping you know, Summer out and... It's it's yeah. just a great overall thing. And also, you know, the show's not delayed or doesn't look weird because they couldn't find anyone at the last. Right. Time. And then we actually enhanced the show because she needed a makeup artist, too. And I was like, oh, I just got done working with uh, 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 Victoria Sandoval. Uh, Vi- Victoria Sandoval. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she is phenomenal with makeup. And I was like, oh, can I get her? And she was like, I'm already here. I'm like, can you work for a summer early? And she was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was magic that day. I'm like, I got two people for her. I feel yeah. extra awesome today. And she's a sweetheart. I, I love Victoria. <sighs> yes. And she's going out for the Maxim right now. So. I saw that. I'm so Isn't excited for her. Yeah. What a gutsy me thing too. to do. I mean, I, I mean, to me, because I'm not somebody who likes to be seen anyway. If I could, I would put on three layers of clothes just to go oh, to the mailbox. St- and I like I would just you know what I should just do is get a hazmat suit and just walk around with that all the time because I'm very very self-conscious but but to to even just to do a modeling shoot I think for me I couldn't do it so I I have great respect for you and and everyone that has the sort of strength to to do that kind of thing but to go out for Maxim yeah that's that's a real that takes a real strength that's a ballsy move yeah yeah these girls and I love it (laughs) I think it's great. I do too. But let me, let me ask you because, you know, thinking about the day that we met and you're, you know, you're not wearing really skippy clothes, but you're definitely, you got a lot of skin showing for this particular, oh, yeah. you know, cause it was, it was a panel on uh, bl- what was it? Violence and, and horror in, or yeah. Violence and horror in Hollywood or something like that. Right. It was sex cells. It was sex yeah. cells and violent or uh, yeah. Sex right. and violence. So you're standing there in a bikini for an hour and a half, having people look at you while they're listening to summer. Is there like, do you get self-conscious at points? Do you kind of feel vulnerable or are you just like confident? Absolutely. I'm a mother of five. I have got things that droop in the back sometimes (laughs) and you know walking around you kind of just you know what I'm I I may not feel like I look good but I'm gonna I'm gonna act like I I think I do it's kind of difficult you know when so many people are looking at you and staring and you know you feel like they're picking you apart when they probably are not right or they are or they are. And hey, you know what? If you guys knew that, I, you know, I'm an older lady with some kids, you guys would be like, you know what? Good for her. I think yeah. a lot because I get a lot of stink eye when I go out. Uh, really? People aren't. Let me tell you, when people say, you know, oh, they're pretty. They get whatever they want. Life is good. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's not the truth. And please be nice to, you know, everybody. Everyone just be nice to everybody, you know, <laughs> not just 
ugly people or beautiful people are everyone's beautiful. I think one of the biggest directions that we've gone wrong in in society is just seeing somebody and thinking we know what they must be about. You know, yeah. maybe uh, you're walking down the street on a Sunday in a nice dress, just window shopping. And I can say, oh, you know what? You're probably some rich Scottsdale chick that uh, you yeah. know, doesn't have anything better to do in her life. So she's going window shopping. But, be nice. but what if you're from Tempe and you had to save six months for that dress and you've just been waiting for this one day where you could walk down the street? You're the same person that I'm looking yeah. at. I don't know who you are. Yeah. But for some reason, we tend to make these assumptions about people. And I, I, I not saying that I don't do that from time to time, but I really try to be conscious of it. If I start doing that, I try to be aware of it and stop because I don't know. Yes, who good. You it's not fair. Yeah, it's not fair to make judgments or assumptions just based upon looks. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I've, and I've had people make some very rude, like comments and I'm like, wow, your parents must have been not very good because yeah. you're portraying some 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 feelings that, you know, you got to work on you, boo. Yeah. What happened to you in high school that you're like this? Yeah, I've had be, like I was out one time with my husband uh, at a spa out here. We saved money for a long time to stay the night at that beautiful, you know, spa and resort and everything. And we're eating this beautiful restaurant and this woman, you know, I was wearing a very lovely outfit for my husband and yeah, showed a little cleavage and, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's okay. And I overheard her say that I was a hooker. Wow. And I was like, and you know what? I try not to because try not to get upset Yeah, because they kind of win. But I was like, honestly, you know, when she walked by, I go, honestly, I'm just, you know, here with my husband. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Not a hooker. Yeah. Was that here in Vegas or was that in Arizona? That was in Arizona. Okay. That's yeah. That's a little more shocking. If you were here in Vegas, I would have said, okay, you know, I think that's the assumption a lot of times. Actually, I find Arizona to be a little more rude. Really? People are here. Yes. Wow. I, I, uh, we also, uh, we went out to an area called Globe, Arizona. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that is predominantly, it's a Native American um, area. They have all their uh, casinos and all that stuff. And we decided to go out there for a lovely staycation. And we went out by the pool and there were about 40 people stop dead in their tracks just to make fun of me wow it hurts so it hurts and my husband we, we i sat out there for a little bit and i heard the comments you know and tried to oh it doesn't bother me but my husband's like hey i'm gonna go up to the room and grab something i'm like nope i'm going with you <laughs> yeah and it ruined our whole vacation sure. because everyone kind of looked you know at me like oh who's this snobby bitch Right. I want to look good on my vacation. Why do I have to not? You're there with your man and you want to look good and you want to feel good and you want him to be happy. And I mean, not that he's, he's has to have that visual component to be happy, but a lot of guys look good for my man, you know, but a a lot of guys, a lot of guys have that as a hang up more than anything else. Like if, you know, I'm not going out with you until you do this or, or whatever. And it becomes almost like a, uh, a passive aggressive sort of thing. So I, I don't mean yeah. to imply that he's that way. No. I, I don't know him, but, um, 
but not at all. just, you know, you're obviously there visiting and to, to, you know, I just don't get the way people treat each other anymore. I really don't. I don't either. It's, it's pretty sick, yeah. sad, and you should be ashamed. Honestly, if my kids ever did anything like that, I would be so upset and have to reboot these children. You know, people need, I think we need to be rebooted, you know, like, yeah, let's watch let's get let's i don't know what we need to do to to repair society i don't either i i think i hate to say that it's going to take something catastrophic but i hope not but i think there is a certain awakening within a lot of people where they're kind of starting to realize what's valuable and what's not but maybe i'm just saying that because i'm from you know a, an older generation and maybe my generation is just starting to wake up and and go, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't need to be like I was when I was in high school anymore. Right. We all need to change our, everything's changing. We need to adapt with it. Yeah. Change our minds with it. I just want to live in a world where I can go outside and, and know that there's not going to be people being mean to each other. Unless, I mean, I understand retaliation and, and yeah. getting even in that. I I don't like to do it, but I understand it at least. What I don't understand is where it starts in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, the or, thing that sets where it in motion. It, yeah, or where it ends. How could you yeah. let yourself go so far? I mean, yeah, I just don't understand why you would want to treat somebody badly, especially somebody you. I mean, if you know somebody and they're not a good person, I could understand you distancing yourself or whatever. But mm-hmm. some stranger walking down the street, it just it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It's it's unnecessary. Yeah, it really is. Just smile. It's infectious. You it you is. you go out and you smile. That's going to make ten other people smile, and that's just going to make every you know. It's it's it is. It's like a disease. It'll fly all over the place, you know. But if you harbor these negative and put it out there, that's all you're going to get back. Well, you know, when I was still living in Arizona, um, I would come to Vegas quite often. You know, three to five times a year usually. And uh, I tried an experiment one time where I decided that everyone that I interacted with, I was going to interact with, with interest. So if I went up to, uh, you know, some, somebody in a sundry shop to buy a bottle of water or something, it wasn't just going to be, Hey, how's it going? It would be, how are you doing today? Hmm. You know, a genuine interest. And it's amazing. Uh, I like that. The responses that I got out of people. And as I would hang around, kind of like not really leave right away and see how they greeted the person after me as opposed to the way that they greeted me or the person before me. Oh, a like lot that. of times I really heard a genuine difference because, you know, they see so many people in a day mm-hmm. and it's just cursory conversation, you know, almost yeah. might as well not even speak at all for as fake as it is. It really, it really does make a difference to have that. And uh, so that's, that's the kind of stuff that I try to remember to do on a regular basis. I like that. And I do this similar, but I use their names. I like to say, you know, once I'm done with say a transaction or something, thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Stephen. You know, I like that. And, and oh, that personalization. But see, if I do that, Mm -hmm. then I'm afraid that like, while I'm trying to look at their name tag, that they're going to think I'm checking (gasps) out their chest. Oh my gosh. That's how self-conscious I am. And we have to be that way these days. That's so terrible. Yeah, it really is. Because while I'm trying to do the nice thing and and be courteous and respectful of of that person, then, you know, eventually they could actually think I'm horrible. Everyone needs to chill out. Just calm down. Yeah. Just put on a couple of episodes of The Office and relax a bit you know perfect do something everyone just chill out that's right (laughs) well before we go uh so you were in maya with uh with our dear friend victoria 
how yeah. uh, how is that? Do you do you know where they are in production? How it's coming along? Right now, I do believe they're in editing. Uh, production is pretty much we wrapped up everything. Editing is underway now. Um, last I heard, it was supposed to come out uh, October. I think around Halloween time. Oh, that's excellent. But, but we'll see. You know how productions and uh, editing and stuff goes. Oh so. yeah. Now, when you say come out, what's the? Do you? Can, and I don't. If you can't talk about that, that's fine. But uh, is it coming out on DVD? Is it coming out on Netflix? Do is there? Do you know what the distribution is going to be? I'm not a hundred percent on that. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll be looking forward to seeing it either way. Oh, thank you. Everything that I've heard about it, it sounds like it's going to be a great film. And, uh, you know, obviously we've had Victoria on the show right at the beginning of filming. And uh, she and I have talked several times about when you're coming back on the show. And (laughs) we just have not found time because she has been nonstop. She's uh, a busy woman. She is. From the time that you guys started filming. And right now she's in, uh, I think it's Salt Lake City at another con. Right. Yeah. I mean, she just, she's... uh, just on fire all the time. And uh, I love that. Me too. Oh, I wish I would have gone that route. <laughs> well, you know what, though? You, you've you got this new focus. I and do. You've got, uh, you have connections now. You have people that know you. You have people that are comfortable working with you. Um, right. You've got a good foundation. So I think that, you know, come 2012, I have said 2012, come 2020, <laughs> uh, you know, it's just hit the ground running. Set Take That's, between yeah. now and then and set everything up. And then that's ex- yes, just go for perfect. it. That's exactly what I'm going to do. Awesome. Well, I cannot wait to see what happens next. I think no. I, I have a really good feeling. I think things are going to go great. I do too. Thank you. But, well, thank you so much for coming on the show and keep us posted on, uh, on what happens. Thanks so much for having me. I had so much fun. I will. Absolutely. I'm glad. I'm glad. Well, I hope that you enjoy the rest of your night and we'll chat again soon. Thank you. You too. Thank you, Jessica. Yeah, what an awesome person. I'm so glad that she took some time to come on the show. And I'm so glad that she's getting back into the industry that she's clearly so passionate about. And I wish her the absolute best and hope that she comes and visits us again so that we can see the success that she's had and uh, make sure that she's happy and healthy. So that's it for this week. Make sure that you uh, leave a message, leave uh, some feedback, leave a thumbs up, leave a star rating on any of the areas that you listen to. Follow the podcast and you'll get uh, the update when a show comes out, usually every uh, Wednesday, late Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning. Uh, And then every once in a while, I do a Saturday episode when I get kind of double booked. So uh, thank you guys very much for joining me. Much appreciated on my end. And we'll see you next week for another episode of the Haskin Cast Podcast. Cheers. Cheers.